0: This is Changing the Narrative, I'm your host, David Reeves, and we are changing the narratives. We've been spoon-fed this narrative of lies over the past two, three, four generations. We've been spoon-fed a narrative in the media, in the public school system, in universities, and yet that narrative is not always the truth. It's what they want you to hear, where we're getting back to the truth, the truth of God's Word, and we are changing the narrative. With me today is mike riddle a marine captain he is he knows languages that most of us will never know computer languages and uh he goes around and teaches apologetics biblical apologetics critical
1: thinking skills and so much more welcome to the program mike well thank you very much david i also know those marine corps languages too (laughs) there you go (laughs) we don't use them anymore no no. oh it is now you're based out of boise area that's correct we make okay. potatoes there
0: <laughs> Idaho potatoes that's what we all hear about right yes we do uh, I've been up on a one-week speaking tour in that area we caught a few bald eagles flying across the Snake River yes uh, and had a lovely time together climbing up in I, the snow and ice I, I, so knows. we took you there <laughs> <laughs> to see a really large cross yes. on top of a hill over there. was it what is it called you you know, I've already you got me there okay remember I'm old <laughs> <laughs> um tell me just a little bit about cti and some of the training Workshops that you put on, like one-day seminars, multi-day seminars.
1: Yes, yeah, so our we're a Creation Training Initiative, what we call ourselves most of the time it's just Creation Training because most people can't spell initiative. I got gotcha. you. So, but you have to have a three letters for a nice web design thing it there. Just Cti. Kind of
0: flows, yeah.
1: So we do that. But our mission is to train others how to speak and teach on the on these issues. In other words, it's it's a biblical concept called. Discipleship. Right, discipleship. So we help others speak and teach, and we have a series of courses, and a lot of our courses are one-day classes, which makes them easy to do. We generally hold them on Saturdays so everybody can come. And we've done a few during the week, now and then, when people request it. And we go to places by request. We don't really advertise a lot. It's by request, word of mouth. For instance, we have our, our premier courses, our basic creation training for, it's actually for teens and above. We've had 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds in there. But it's a full day, 8.30 to 5.30, and we keep you busy, Wow! and that's part of my style. And uh, if, if you're not busy, there's always something else to keep you busy. It's called push-ups. <laughs> that's what Marines do. <laughs> but no, we cover some of the basic topics. And our method of, of teaching is, is uh, based on what we see in the Bible. How did Jesus teach? Yeah. We try and get beyond just the knowledge and get to the application level. So, when you come to these classes, uh, we give you time to ask questions all day long. We program that in there. We have breaks, lunch. But we cover topics such as, what is a biblical worldview? Uh, David, we went all over the country asking people, could you define a biblical worldview for us? We didn't have anybody give us the definition. We had a lot of descriptions, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but no definitions. No definitions. What we did is, I've been taught, you start with what's the definition of a definition? to write a proper definition, if you've got what I mean there. <clears throat> so, we went and talked to people, what would be included in a biblical worldview definition? And the result was we came up with nine, 19 biblical doctrines that clearly define a biblical worldview from everything else in the universe, uh-huh. no ambiguity. That's where Christians get themselves in trouble, they don't lay down their standards, uh, right. they're too fuzzy. So we talk about that. We, we go through what is the full context of the Gospel, which is not being taught in a lot of churches. Yeah. It starts in Genesis 1-1, and we go through all the bad news and then get to the good news. So it goes through that. and There are some wonderful churches out there teaching the bad and good news. Mm-hmm. Then we go into <clears throat> just what is the, what are the days of creation. We clearly understand. The Bible clearly teaches. I'm to, I would like to use that word clearly one more time, clearly. but we don't do too much of that. It's a six day creation. There is no doubt, biblically, it means a six day creation. Mm -hmm. So we try and equip people, and then we also go into what are the counter arguments? And we show that every one of those counter arguments is based on man's wisdom, not God's word. Right. God does not print and teach us error. It says six days, there's no reason to have anything else other than you wanna be friends with the world. Okay, so let's talk about that for just a second, because there really isn't any wiggle room there.
0: Context makes it perfectly clear. Yes, and yet so often we want to reinterpret. Now that word reinterpret—that's not a good thing no, if you're trying to case. reinterpret Scripture. If you're trying to bring asegesis uh, yes. into
1: the picture, yes. right? And God is never wrong. That's right. We got to remember that He's not wrong. He, he three times in the Bible it explicitly says six days. You know how many times it says millions of years? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Absolute zero. Mm-hmm. It's something that's brought into His Word. So we go through a lot of that. We give eight, I think it's 10 biblical evidences and why the day is a literal day. Okay. So it's very strong. It even deals with the Ten Commandments. It deals with the character of God. It actually deals with the whole foundation of the Gospel. Yes. Once you change that to millions of years, you've just destroyed a major parts of the Bible. Well, let's, let's break that down a little bit, because
0: a lot of people would be critical hearing you say that, because we think of the Gospel, well, we go to the Gospels, we go to the New Testament, and we read a few chapters, and that's all we ever need to know about yes. Jesus, because that's the only part that talks about Jesus, right?
1: Not quite. you got to remember, the very first verse in the Bible is talking about Jesus. That's right. Who is the Creator? It's Jesus. <laughs> is the creator of all things he's spoken into existence so right there we're talking about jesus what his works there and his works are perfect or we're in trouble that's right so we go through that and you mentioned context one of the examples i use there i like to spell a word out and have people pronounce it for me okay and i'll spell it out for you and see if you can pronounce it b-o-w how do you pronounce that word (laughs) i guess i could pronounce it bow or our bow Bow. oh yes. so how do you know which way to pronounce it (laughs) <laughs> Context. Context. Exactly. It's a simple way to get a point. The word day can have a lot of different meanings. That's right. You must interpret where it is used, not somewhere else in the Bible. So the word day has so many, so much information. It has to be a day. In Genesis one, for example, day or
0: yom is accom is accompanied by evening and morning. The number echad. All the way through day seven, right? So it's it's basically contextually clear that we're talking about individual
1: twenty four hour days here. Yes, my best evidence is called consistency. Okay, that's my favorite evidence. Okay, if the word day doesn't mean day there, and I ask people why doesn't it mean day? About 99% of the time, it's because what they're understanding, you know, So how I say that, their understanding of the scientific evidence, oh. notice I didn't say science, Right. it's their understanding of the scientific, what they've been persuaded to by the world, mm. it has to be very old. Okay, let's get that point. They're using their understanding of science to interpret God's Word there. Let's be consistent. If that is true there, then why, let me ask you, do you really believe Jesus rose again on the third day? Day, yes. Why? That, that can't be explained by science. Could, exactly. So you're being inconsistent, and we have too many pastors and Christian university professors yeah. teaching our youth not to be consistent in God's word. Okay. If you're, if it. It takes science to understand Genesis 1, it should also take science to understand every miracle in the Bible, including the resurrection. So I tell people, you have no reason to believe in the resurrection. You cannot convince me of that if you believe in billions of years.
0: Wow. Okay, so it's it's directly related because if we think of it as a gospel issue and we say, well, we're reinterpreting portions of Genesis, which is talking about Jesus then what we're doing is we're kind of corrupting the gospel message yes. if we twist
1: Genesis to fit yes. our ideology, yeah. aren't we? Yes, because once you have billions of years, what was happening for those billions of years before Adam and Eve? Right. It's called the fossil record. It's a record of dead things. Oh, yes. And all that happened before sin. So now we have a problem. Why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Death before sin. Yes. Because he came to conquer right. death. Right. Yes, he did. Death is an enemy. The Bible says it's the last enemy. Yeah. So why did Jesus have to go if death wasn't the cause? Or sin was not the cause of death. It also deals with the character of God. Yeah. Genesis one thirty one. He just called death and suffering and disease very good. Very free. good. So is that our God who called no. death and suffering very? And that would include cancer. He called very good. Wow.
0: No, that makes no
1: sense so we because have- we see cancer in the fossil record. Okay,
0: so. That makes it perfectly clear. And then if you move to the New Testament, yes. we also see that Jesus, when he's referring back to creation, makes it very obvious. Yes. He said, Marked have in. ye not read that from the beginning? And you say, well, when is the beginning? And any Christian who has ever read Genesis is going to say the beginning. In the beginning, God created. Yeah, that's right. The beginning. Genesis one one. Jesus connects it. See, he says, have you not read that from the beginning God made them male and female? So he's connecting the creation of Adam and Eve with the very beginning of time Yeah, and marriage and marriage together all together. Now, if that if those were preceded, if the creation of Adam and Eve were preceded by eons of time that passed since time began, well, then that doesn't make any sense.
1: No, it doesn't. And you know, one more thing I put in there. We have no 10 commandments anymore. They become the 10 suggestions. Because commandment number four says, For in six days the Lord made in the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all is in them. If that doesn't mean what it literally says, okay. how about the other nine commandments? Wow. So in other words, chiseled in stone by the yeah. hand of God, yes. he says that I created everything yes. in six days. Yes. And God's the one who wrote this down. He had to do it twice too, instead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because of us. We, we messed Moses things up, Moses got a little upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: But God wrote that down, uh-huh. six days. How about that? But yet, people have been so influenced by the world or they're too ashamed of it yeah. to preach it from the pulpit. Okay. That's why we have our ministry. Absolutely. We want to train enough Christians out there to stand on God's word and be firm on it and not have to change it. It's a powerful ministry that you have. I've appreciated your work for many, many years
0: now. It is a shame that this has to be done, especially within the church, that there's so much compromise. But a lot of that compromise comes simply because of peer pressure. It it comes because a pastor says, well, I've heard a lot of supposedly brilliant scientists say that the universe is billions of years old. So therefore, I guess if I want to be smart, I must believe the billions and try to fit that into the Bible, right?
1: Yes. It it comes down to that old piece, who are you going to be friends with? Uh, Who do you want to please? Yeah. And we have that situation. But uh, so that's and we go into that. We go into the flood in there, the Genesis flood, a little geology. And it's basically designed for the person who's not uh, deep into science. You don't have to know science. Uh, We get into uh, carbon 14 a little bit. And I've explained the carbon 14 section to sixth graders so they can understand it. Is that right? We get into the origin of life. Oh, that's one of the one. We own that science. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because our best scientists in the world can't even create a single biological protein. Right. So we win that one hands down. And then we get into a couple of other areas that uh, refute the whole evolution idea, such as the, the supposed stuff they call natural selection. Yeah. We get into that. So we cover a lot of basic information, but we do a lot of repetition in there. You get a chance to ask questions, and that's way we run our classes. Then we have one day advanced apologetics, when we get into what we call the presuppositional, what's your best evidence for the existence of God? Okay. How can you call God good when he allows bad things to happen? Right. Those is, that's one of the main th- reasons yeah. people don't accept Jesus Christ, but we show you how to answer that. And again, all this apologetics is aimed at the high school level and above. They can understand this. Wow. That's the way we teach. We don't try and intimidate anybody with our intellect because, well, I'm not known for that. <laughs> but we explain it to people so they can understand it. and We give them a chance to practice it.
0: Tell we, me, let's go,
1: let's go back to your background a little bit because you have a, a quite
0: a varied background of experience, of leadership,
1: of accomplishments. Go through that just a little let's bit. Because I've been around a long time, David. You know that. <laughs> I like to tell people, I've been around so long, I've almost been around the block once. <laughs> never gonna admit I've been around it. Best. Uh-huh. But uh, yes, I, I was raised, uh, my degrees were mathematics. Okay. So I, I can count to 20. You, you saw I can be able to do that. For the, sound, for the mic check before the program. Yes, I was able to, to do that. I <laughs> only skipped a few numbers in there. So also computer science. I started computers in 1967 when they weren't even popular. Wow. The computer we worked on, uh-huh. I, I had the first one, was one of the first computers we had you could have more than one user on at a time. <laughs> so that's uh-huh. how far back I go. Uh-huh. Worked on those type of computers when we went to the moon on, all okay. of those. So computer science there, and I also was a captain of the Knights Marine Corps and I learned a lot of leadership there, yes. how to lead and uh, in intense situations how to lead. because right. lives are at stake. Right, which translates directly
0: to your role in changing the narrative today, because that narrative that we've gotten is a narrative of, well, let's just be weak and we can just believe the Bible and everything will be okay and we'll, surely a few people will follow along. That's not helping people, this weak position. No, it's not. Okay.
1: We need to be kind. We need to be gentle. But we need to be firm and bold. We forget those pieces. We need to be bold. Jesus was bold. He confronted the Pharisees at the time. That's true. And I keep hearing these people, these pastors say, I don't want to get in politics. I don't want to get in politics. They don't understand, it shows me right away, they do not understand what's going on in the world. They do not understand spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. because it's not about politics, it's about evil. Yes. And that's what we need to confront. We need to confront the LGBTQ stuff. We need to talk to our students about that. We need to prevent them from going over to what we call the dark side there, (laughs) to anti-biblical. We need our children starting in first and second and third grade to understand that there's man and woman, and that's what the Bible teaches, because the other side is going strongly after our children well that's a good
0: point it's like well we'll we'll bring that up at some point in our child's life well if you don't bring up the basics right away that there is such a thing as a man and there is such a thing as a woman and both were created by God in the beginning then somebody else will and they will do it in your kindergarten class they're gonna do it in the books that you find in your library Mm -hmm. for children Mm-hmm. But it'll be an indoctrination, <laughs> yes. a
1: false science, yes. and the whole idea of climate change—that yeah. has been uh, one of the big lies. And uh, we have a whole new course. It's uh, Dave, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Um, uh, called Apologetics for the 21st Century. Okay. We cover the whole woke agenda there. We're actually going to start teaching this course in January. And then we're going to take it all over the country. And again, it's by request. It covers the climate change. It covers the depopulation agenda. covers all this new stuff like AI, oh, quantum yeah. computing, transhumanism. You know what? We do it so a junior higher can understand it. And that's our job, to learn all the technical stuff so we can bring it down to a level. People can understand, you don't understand all about quantum computing, you gotta understand what's the ultimate goal here. Right. That's what you need to know. Where is all this going? Yes, it's gonna be used for good. just like the internet's for good, but look at all the evil it's brought out yeah. there. Yeah. So man can corrupt it. But we need to understand the good side of it, but where is it going and be very careful with this. Yeah. So we cover all those, we, we cover the what's called the big pharma. What has the pharmaceutical industry done to our food Mm -hmm. and vaccines and all of that? Yeah. Again, we give you chances to ask questions. We even have a class called Dynamics of Christian Education. We talk about things you don't learn in the education schools, how to educate for success, how to write exercises that are geared for success so when they finally get to the exam, they actually know how to use it and they can put it into practice. Yes. It's called the application level. That's the way Jesus taught. Uh, so we teach all those. And for people just getting started sometimes, we do a, a three-day communication teaching skills course where we only take eight people in that class, but we coach you. No, we don't badger you. We coach you on how to become a better speaker and teacher.
0: Hmm. So now that's
1: so we very do useful. And we keep our prices very low. I'm just gonna advertise that right. We keep them low, why? We don't want money to be the issue you cannot attend. Right. So we work on donations. So, the more the churches come together and help us, the, the more people we can get trained in the churches and schools all across the country.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. as long as you can continue to support those efforts, yeah. you're going to try to keep those yes. prices low so yes. that more people can have this experience yes. and go out and equip others with what they've learned right. through your courses. Right. We
1: want to be a ministry, okay. not a money thing. Yeah. But we have one special we do only once a year. And that's in Dallas, Texas. Okay, it's called the Christian Educators Conference. Okay. three and a half days. And we have teachers from all over the country coming to that class, three and a half days that's held at the Institute for Creation Research Discovery Center down there. It's a beautiful there. place. Yeah, it is great. They have a nice museum. You get a free tour of the museum. Yes. And uh, but again, we teach it, and you don't have to be a teacher to come necessarily. We've had non-teachers come, but we do it for basically aimed at educators and how to teach this.
0: Okay, so this this would be great for. Educators, uh, uh, even even home educators, are going to learn something Absolutely. from this. Absolutely, yes. If you're in active in your church or yes. your Sunday school, Sunday school teaching, oh, yeah. that's
1: great. That's and then great. if you need more, we, we do a lot of personal things. We come out and do um, personal coaching for people. Yeah, I've I've even coached one on one before for three four days at a time. WE, we come into our house. We will go to their location. So we do a lot. Our goal is we want to get more people who can stand firm on God's word and start teaching others. Second 2 Timothy two two. Okay. Now I'm not going to tell you what that says. You have to look that one up. <laughs> That's your homework assignment. We're teachers here. We got homework. Second Timothy two two. Yeah, just remember two two two. There we go. Two two two. <laughs> um, y-
0: you just got out a few moments ago from in the Wonder Center and Science Museum here in Dixon. Uh, we have 70 Hall. Typically, we have videos like rotating throughout the day. 20 minute movies, short films where anybody who has a museum admission comes in, they'll sit down and watch the video. But this morning we did a special presentation where we shut the video off, we brought in a busload of school children. Yes. And you, in about 12 minutes, you equip those school children, some of them fairly young, with useful skills that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. I would
1: love for you to give us a three minute version of that right now. Well, we can either do that or we can say, come here and we'll pay you and we'll train you. <laughs> <If> <laughs> we can, work, I'm too. doing an advertisement for you there. <laughs> I love that. I yeah, love we, that. we can do that. Well, let's, let's tease it then. Yes, but what we, one of the things I teach on, and this is a big one for high schoolers and junior higher, especially, and for little children, yeah. is called critical thinking skills and tactics. Okay. How to go on the offense when you because Christians are predominantly on the defense, they're getting challenged for their faith all the time. That's right. But does the other side ever get challenged? Because hmm. we got found it. do they really know what they're talking about? What do they believe? Yeah, so we train you how to ask the right questions. I call them three critical thinking questions. I don't know if you want me to give those, please. Or please, let's do it. Uh, number one would be, Has it ever been observed? Okay, number two would be, Are you making any assumptions? Okay, and number three. How do you know it's true? And you just follow in that sequence. Has it ever been observed? For instance, one of the examples you you'll see this in textbooks. About three and a half billion years ago, life started in a pool of chemicals. Okay. Well, number one, uh, has that ever been observed? Well, first of all, the Earth is only about 6,000 years old, so no. (laughs) So no. And nobody today, if it was 3.5 billion years old, nobody here has ever observed that. Nope. And we can't repeat it because our best scientists can't even make a protein, let alone a cell. Okay. So now I have to ask if it's never been observed, are you making any assumptions to come to your conclusion? Which, of course, there would have to be major assumptions if we're saying, if we're claiming that 3.5 billion years ago, life started from... Inorganic material, right? All well, by random chance. Right. We, we can't even do it with the best intelligence <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh-huh. Then third, then then how do you know it's true? And the only answer mm-hmm. I can give because I believe in evolution. Right. That's not a good answer. That's not a. It's not that's science. not a scientific answer. No, it's not at all. So we show them. Then we went through some other words, and I'm going to go through all these because these are words you don't learn in English class. Okay. Fuzzy words and magic words. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, those sound mysterious. Yes, we show And it teaches you how to read between the lines and catch things. Yeah. And what it is, what it's saying is you don't have to be a scientist to learn how to do this. God's given us all we need. Right. And we apply a little critical thinking skills to that. We got everything we need. There's a a
0: huge difference. I... um was speaking I was giving the speech at a commencement address for a graduating class mm-hmm. a few months back and and one of the things that I just had to bring up to try to speak some truth into these young lives as they're going out into the world was there's a difference between knowledge wisdom and understanding And today, the school system has a lot of knowledge, right? You come out with knowledge of a lot of different principles, but very
1: little wisdom or understanding on how to apply those principles or how to discern things. And that's why they get away with teaching false knowledge, such as evolutionism and all this other woke stuff that's going on. Yeah. So the knowledge is only so-called knowledge. That's what the Bible calls it. Falsely so-called. See, we were told all this was going to happen. Yeah.
0: Pre-told from the beginning of time, yes.
1: right? Well, and
0: that's interesting because some, some versions of the Bible will will say science falsely so-called. Yes. And we know that science or scientia, the root word, it, ba- it basically means knowledge yes. or knowledge of the natural world. Mm-hmm. So science is basically knowing things about the world around us. Yes. But truly knowing about the world around us involves giving glory to the one who made the world around us. And that is
1: ultimately (laughs) our Lord and Savior. Exactly. We need to give God the credit for everything and not man's wisdom. Right. And that's where we have a problem. So much of it.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is those three basic questions can be asked of
1: pretty much any topic. Even they can even ask us the same questions. and We did that this morning with the children. What are you going to say when somebody says, oh, "Have you ever observed God?" Uh-huh. And we gave them an answer. Yes. Not that we have observed God, but we gave powerful evidence that there has to be a Creator God. Right. Because without a Creator God, nothing could exist. They got it. And these yes. are elementary students. And these are elementary school. So the the what I've realized
0: is we definitely have faith yes. as Christians. We okay? have to. We have to have faith as Christians. That's that's what it's about, but at the same time, we have a reasoned faith, Yes. and when we turn to the side of atheism, we see this faith, not only in blind ideas, but we see a faith in a pseudoscience, a, uh, basically a science where the world created itself yes. from nothing into everything. And yet, that's taught yes. as fact
1: to unassuming students today. Yeah. Well, I like to explain it this way we have, we, we have miracles, the yeah. Bible, we, we believe in miracles, but we have a miracle maker. Right. The evolutionists also have to rely on miracles, but they have no miracle maker.
0: Wow. I'll take it one step further. I wrote an op ed. I'll a little... double that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I wrote an op ed a, a few years ago about the pantheon of atheism. Because it is not the suppression of a creator. It's the they've originated their own deities, a yes. pantheon of deities yes. to replace the true creator, mm. God, right? So in other words, they say, oh, we've explained everything mm. naturally. In a naturalistic method, we've explained the entire universe, no need for God. Well, how did you do that? Well, basically what we've shown is that nature selects over time and creates things. And wait a second. So you're saying Mother Nature, there's a deity number one, um, can select, has a mind of its own, is a god, right? Um, Over vast periods of time, that next magic ingredient is its own god, this platform mm-hmm. of evolution. And when you break it down like that, you realize, my goodness, they have not replaced
1: God. They've just created their own pantheon. Yes, they have. And I like I like what you said there. They select. That implies intelligence. What is your intelligence doing the selecting? Because I didn't think rocks and wind had any brains. (laughs) That is so true. The environment has no brains, so who's doing the selecting? Nature doesn't have a mind.
0: Right. Mike Riddle, uh, uh, website.
1: CreationTraining.org. CreationTraining.org. All one word, CreationTraining.org. I appreciate you being here. We're going to have to have you back on another program. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you for being here with us today on Changing the Narrative. We appreciate it. Go check out Mike's work. And until next time, I want you to keep looking up. I'm David Reeves. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Find us on all social platforms to stay informed. Genesis Science Network 24-7 for free on Roku, Fire TV, and on our website. Visit the world's largest origins-based store, creationsuperstore.com. Plan your trip to the Wonders Center and Science Museum just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Donate to our nonprofit ministry to help us continue sharing truth.